It's the lens, it's the lens, it's the lens, gotta live diverse. It's the lens, it's the lens, it's the lens, live diverse. You are listening to The Lens Living Diverse, a podcast brought to you by the CNIB Advocacy Team. Join Nisha, Vivi, and I as we speak to individuals with intersecting identities who live with sight loss as they share their unique stories. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Lens. Wait for it, wait for it. Living Diverse. I am your host, Ben, along with my wonderful co-host, Nisha. Nisha, how's it going? Going great. How are you, Ben? I am fantastic. I am excited for today's episode, of course. So uh, just looking at all of us having our cultures, there's always events connected to them, whether it's parades, whether it's musicals, concerts, or just even aspects for tasting new foods. So today we're going to be talking about cultural events and how accessible they are to persons with sight loss and our experiences. So, Nisha. Yo. Before we uh, get into this episode, we actually have a very special announcement. We have a new co-host. Da, da 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 So you may have heard her from a previous episode of talking about media. Everybody, welcome the one and only Vivi. Not Vivi, Vivi. Yay! <laughs> Excellent. Welcome to the crew, Vivi. How are you doing? I am great, Ben and Nisha. It is a pleasure to join you. Thank you so much for inviting me to host this most excellent podcast with you. I'm really excited to be a part of the Lens team, and I look forward to all of our conversations moving forward. Oh, we look forward to having you as well. Yes, we do. So let's get into the topic matter that we were speaking of when it comes to cultural events and accessibility. So first basic question I'm going to ask to both of you, what are cultural events that you attend personally? So I'm going to throw this to the new kid on the block, Vivi, and then Nisha, you could jump in after. Oh, thanks, Ben. Well, I think cultural events is a broad sweeping term. So I'll just say, you know, events that I like to attend are theater, concerts, music festivals, um, street festivals, so any and all of those type of things. I'll have to say that um, my experience and interests are similar to Vivi's. Um, I love concerts, um, not so big on theater, <laughs> but concerts, um, plays, uh, love festivals coming from Toronto in the summertime. We have so many different festivals. Taste a little India. Taste a little in Italy. Um, Afro Caribbean festivals, Caravana. Uh, there are so many ones. Not just uh, within my own culture, but I like to explore the different cultures as well. And of course, we have Caravana, and I, I love my soca and my soca fest. So uh, I, I love to attend. 
So events that I like to attend are similar to you folks. Uh, so Carabana, I haven't been to in a while, but I remember uh, going and just the music and the costumes. And then on top of that, going to many concerts, uh, Afrofest, as well as different different Ghanaian cultural parties as well. So I have some really great memories. I haven't been, I guess because of the pandemic, I haven't really been to too much of them, but I know it's starting to to pop off in the summer. So yeah, definitely thoroughly enjoy those events. And that leads me to the next question. So uh, with all the individuals in this space, uh, with site loss, I guess site has decreased. So how has these cultural events or attending these cultural events changed for you, especially uh, with the status of site that you have right now? Um, so yeah, for me, um, I've actually been a bit scared to attend a lot of the cultural festivities I was accustomed to when I had um, more vision. And that's because a lot of them are very crowded. Um, mm. There's really no concept of using your own M skills during a caravan of parade. Like I can't see that happening. And anyone, um, any of you all or, or anyone who's listening to this episode, if you've ever been to caravan, it's a lot of people dancing, having mm -hmm. a great time in costumes, it's thousands and thousands of people. And it's not that, um they don't pay attention it's just that it's just doesn't take the right space to be sleeping with my cane and, and, and expecting people to move some people might say that well my thinking is not right but i just i just don't see how it would work um and maybe it's because you really don't see a lot of people with sight loss attending caravana or going to a soca boat ride or a soca party um or maybe we are there, it's just we hide our disability because we're not using our cane or because you can't bring your guide dog. Uh, so I kind of have to blend in with the crowd and, and kind of be like um, everyone else. So uh, when I first I could lose my sight, um, I did not go to all of these events and it was it made me very mm -hmm. sad because that was one thing I was worried about when I was going through my sight loss was was I going to lose this part of my cultural identity? Was I not going to be able to experience um, these events anymore? Because I, I really thoroughly enjoyed them. And I really wanted them to continue to be a part of my life. Mm -hmm. But as I got more comfortable with my sight loss and with and with my pain and with the support of, of my great friends who have been awesome sighted guides, I've been able to experience them this year um, in great ways and I felt safe. Um, I did not use my cane, uh, but I had excellent sighted guides who helped me, you know, get drinks or go to the washroom or, or just navigate the boat or navigate uh, the vessel. I did not go to Carabana, but that's for a different story for a different podcast. <laughs> it's not, nothing to do with sight loss. It's just, it's, it's not the same as what it, what it used to be for me. So um, I think uh, that's it for me. I'll stop there. Yeah. Uh, I I hear you and thank you for that. And though 
one point I I really love is how in your later years or your later journey of sight loss, the fact that you utilize ways to still enjoy the events where you're making mention of friends and canes. So uh, that's a very good strategy to still attend these events and still enjoy them. So Vivi, what about yourself? Yeah, I feel some of the same sentiments that Nisha does um, when it comes to attending certain cultural events in my uh, city and province. I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and so we have a huge music folk festival that happens every year that I have attended in the past. And now being a person with total sight loss, I feel most comfortable navigating that festival with a sighted guy because it's in an open park and there really is no way to practice your O&M or way that I feel comfortable practicing um, O&M skills because it's all wide and open and there are just various tents that you navigate to um, and there are no pathways that I've found that are, are helpful for navigating that space. So I'm most comfortable using a sighted guide when I attend that festival. Um, we also have a great theater festival that happens every summer as well. And that takes place in various venues around the city. So, you know, depending on where the plays are that you are seeing, it could or could not be accessible, um, you know, cause you can have a play everywhere from the storefront of a shopping mall to like the attic of some building. So there's not just accessibility issues for people with sight loss, but even, you know, more physical mobility issues. So again, I feel most comfortable um, attending that festival with a sighted guide. And again, it's not necessarily always accommodating for guide dog use or, um, you know, navigating with, uh, limited or no vision but I will say in addition to that I have gone to concerts and plays with a group of blind friends where it's just been you know the bunch of us attending a show and I have found that experience really liberating because you know we we show up and we just ask for assistance and everybody that we encounter is very accommodating and and very helpful and uh very open and welcome, welcoming to having us in that space and making sure that, you know, our experiences are just as enjoyable as you know, our, our sighted contemporaries. So, yeah, like I've experienced both ways and I've, I see the benefit to both. And I think for me and I think Anisha, Anisha has uh, attested to this too. Sometimes it just depends on the situation um, what what is the best way for you to navigate because sometimes there just isn't a way for you to practice or utilize your skills or feel comfortable or safe in a crowded environment I yeah I totally feel what you're saying VB for sure and I'm gonna piggyback that's why I get you folks to answer the questions first so I could be like yeah I got an idea of what I'm gonna say now <laughs> Uh, but yeah, all seriousness, going to uh, events and I could totally attest for uh, what you folks are saying. As I said, just not 
having that preparation. So you could have as much O&M in that area before you go to that area. But when it's filled with people, <laughs> that place is definitely going to look different. When it's filled with vendors, that place is not going to be that same place that you went to practice. So just having techniques of going with friends, uh, what Vivi, you were making mention, people who volunteer or work in uh, that place, uh, even just to know to ask for help or not be afraid to ask for directions. So uh, for myself, at first I used to, well, I still do, but before going independently to these different places and the aspects that I really enjoyed, especially Caravana, Afrofest, uh, street festivals, uh, I found that I enjoyed it visually because those different events do cater to 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 sites where the costumes are just so beautiful and vibrant and like popping out and it's it's just so amazing. So I always think to myself, okay, me losing vision, will I get to really enjoy the atmosphere if I can't see the costumes? If I go to Afrofest and I walk past exhibit and I can't really see the exhibit. But as I started to meet other blind and partially sighted individuals, I started to find the realization that there's different ways to really enjoy the atmosphere. So I am definitely a people person. I know after the pandemic, it's been harder to get in groups and feel comfortable being in a crowded group, but I love being in crowds. So pretty much enjoying that atmosphere of voices of people as much as what I can see, enjoying the music, enjoying the smell of foods, enjoying just just going out and about. So I found that my enjoyment has changed. I, I found little things to, to enjoy when I'm in those atmospheres, meeting new people and just absorbing the the culture. So I don't know if anybody wants to piggyback of off of me because I've been doing it this whole time. <laughs> but yeah. Well, it just sounds to me like, Ben, you're making it a full sensory experience, which is what I think mm -hmm. these festivals really have in mind. Like that's their intention, right? For you to take everything in through all of your senses and um, yeah, just enjoy excuse me, enjoy every aspect of it. So it sounds like, you know, you learned to appreciate that with uh, your status of sight loss. And, and I, I would agree with that too. When I go to a street festival, those are the things I look forward to now are the smells and the sounds and like touching the merchandise from the vendors. And so just making it an enjoyable experience without having to rely on the visual aspect of it. Yeah, yeah I agree. And uh, also too, you're seeing, I know in Toronto, you're seeing with a lot of festivals now that they're starting to introduce uh, audio description. I know with Pride a couple of years, I think it was before the pandemic, um, they had a described audio uh, person in one of the booths and they were talking, saying what was happening, what was going on. So you know, you're starting to see a bit more inclusion in terms of accessibility at a lot of these events slowly being introduced as well. 
I love it. That's such a great idea because uh, once again, what Vivi was saying and I was mentioning getting those other aspects. And I got to say, to walk past a jerk chicken hut before, it didn't smell as good as to walk past it now. So <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's even better. So definitely enjoying the other senses. So uh, we've been talking about a lot of different aspects, such as concerts, uh, such as street festivals, such as just just any event to celebrate uh, diversity and just celebrate anything. What is some moments that you you really hang on to, some special moments that you have had from these events? Um, so I remember one, uh, and this might sound, <laughs> this might sound weird, but those who, who know Carnival will know what I'm talking about. So um, I remember in 20, I think it was 2016, 2017, my last Trinidad Carnival experience. And this was before um, I lost the majority of my sight. And I'm hoping that I could experience Carnival uh, next year as someone with sight loss. Uh, I think that will be an, an amazing experience. So I can't wait for that. But um, back to what I was saying, uh, we have this thing called Juve before Carnival Monday and Tuesday, where on the Sunday morning at about 2, 3 a.m., uh, you go out into the streets in the dead of night and you're covered in paint and mud and there's music playing, you're following a truck, uh, there's alcohol flowing. It's just, it's all vibes, it's good people. It's, it's a great time and it lasts from about 2 a.m. to about, um, say, 7 a.m., and then you, you, you go home and you get ready for Carnival Monday and Tuesday where you where you get to put on your costume. You clean off all the mud and you, you put on your beautiful costume with your feathers for, month, for Monday and Tuesday. But I remember after uh, Juve, I was covered in mud and my friends and I were walking home and we stopped by this uh, the Savannah where they had all the, the local foods. And sorry, this was in Trinidad. And we stopped at by the Savannah where they had the bacon shark and the the, the fry bake and smoke heron and saltfish, all this wonderful Trinidadian breakfast food. And it was it was just made and she had just finished baking it. And I, I ordered a bacon shark and it's it's 7 a.m. in the morning. It's it's dead quiet. And my friends and I are just walking back home and we're eating and we're all silent and we're drinking our little Caribbean drinks. And for me, that moment stood out because I was like, I could be anywhere in the world. I could be at work <laughs> or getting ready for work. But instead, I am with my closest friends. We just had a great time dancing. We're covered in mud. We look dirty, but we're happy. And we're, we're eating our favorite food that we grew up knowing. And the sun is rising. And you hear the music slowly in the background. It was just one of those surreal moments where you had to stop and just say, I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to have this experience. And I feel like everyone at least once in their lifetime should experience Trinidad Carnival because it's really one of the uh, the greatest wonders of the world. And it's really an experience that would just make you happy and, and joyous for it to, to have life. So, and it's a small moment, but it's something that just always sticks out for me when I think about my time in Trinidad. 
Beautiful. I'm I'm just your description. I have a vivid mind and I feel like Nisha, you should change your profession to um audiobook narrator. Because <laughs> that description was just it was perfect. I, I forgot that we were recording. I was almost like floating on air and just be like, <laughs> wow, I'm there. Wow. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that for sure. Vivi, do you have any amazing and I want you to be vivid as well any amazing moments uh for any events that you have attended sure I'll share one and yes uh, Nisha you paint a wonderfully vivid picture yeah you just transported me right to that time and space so that was that was wonderful to take that little mm -hmm. mental journey um mm -hmm. so mine is kind of similar with the mud theme. So this was a number of years ago when I still had vision as well. Um, one of my friends wanted to take me to the folk fest that I mentioned that we have in, in Manitoba every year. And uh, they, you know, they hadn't really sighted guided me before, like they knew of course of my vision condition and, uh, you know, um, my, my status and that I was a person with with sight loss, but, uh, you know, we hadn't ever done anything, just the two of us where, you know, they'd be guiding me and it would kind of be like one-on-one -on -one all day long. And so, but they were really enthusiastic and they really wanted me to go to this festival. So I was like, okay, I don't know how this is all going to work out, but we'll see. So, um, yeah, we went and we spent the whole day there. And I mean, it's an international music festival. So there are acts from all around the world that come and we just sent, spent the day like bopping from tent to tent to tent all around the park and we you know we ate outdoors and um at the end of the day um like there are main stage shows that happen every day so what happens is everybody kind of throws their tarp in front of the main stage to save their spot for later in the evening um we didn't bring a tarp we just had like little stadium chairs but you know we got our place in front of the tarp and uh folk fest is famous for having rain every year so of course, we're sitting in front of the main stage and, you know, all of our favorite acts that we saw in the day uh, and throughout the festival are, are performing on the main stage. And then, of course, the sky opens up and it rains on us. <laughs> and yeah, talk about mud. I came home covered head to toe in mud. Um, and I don't like to be cold and I don't like to be wet and I definitely don't like to be dirty, but, you know, I came home and it was one of the best experiences I had. I was outside all day long, you know, until it rained, the weather was gorgeous. I got to spend time with this friend who really wanted to spend the day with me and kind of share this experience with me because it was my first folk fest. And, you know, there was an element of trust because, as I said, they hadn't sighted guided me before. So, um, you know, I felt safe and, uh, you know, really valued and that, you know, this was an experience they wanted to have with me. And this was something that we would share together. And yeah, that was the first, first folk fest I had ever been to. I'd been to more subsequently in, in recent years, but that was the first one and yeah it's one of my best memories that I have with that friend of that experience of of sharing all of that music with all of these other music lovers it was just a fantastic time and I I won't forget it all the sights and sounds and 
and everything about that day made it really special. I love it. I love it, BB. And it's funny in contrast to Nisha's memory, where it's just like the sun was uh, about to set and we're eating good food and we're feeling the music. And then BB's just like, yeah, and then it rained and I soaked it. <laughs> so soaked and muddy and happy. <laughs> exactly. Well, as long as you were happy, that's all that matters. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Now I'm on the spot. I, I guess uh, a memory. I'm gonna take it back. I have two memories. Some, if I'm allowed to share two. So sure. <laughs> you guys are too good to me. <laughs> uh, so in regards to one, as I've made mention, when I was younger, I'd go to Caravana, and I've been to. Since I was 14, I've been to Caravana 14 years in a row. So all the way till I was uh, 28. So I can't remember what year it was. I think it was my either early 20s or mid 20s. I would go with my brothers and start off with them. And then next thing you know, you would get lost in the crowd <laughs> and just be like, oh, well, okay, I'll find them after, right? So then you'd meet up with another friend and I'd meet up with another friend and then meet up with them and hang out and then once again get lost in the crowd and be like oh well <laughs> and then next thing you know i'd meet up with another friend and just like bouncing from people to people and i remember it was it was getting to the end and i lost those set of friends as well and it was getting dark and i was like uh oh <laughs> Obviously, rp in the dark is not a good thing so i was like uh oh uh so i was trying to like find find uh where to take the train so i remember just wandering and just trying to get to the train station before uh, nighttime came and then realizing that when it felt like went night i was like i don't know where i'm going and i remember someone picking me out of the crowd and be like you look like you're lost you do need any help and i was like i need to get to the train and they ended up helping me all the way to the train a stranger and he picked me out of the crowd so uh, definitely attributing sight loss with like just traveling and at the time not being a cane user and uh, being more of a high pressure. So I, for some reason, I just remember that memory and I find it, I laugh to myself nowadays that I'm like, oh my gosh, I just bounced from people to people and I just kept losing people. Now I think to myself, like, I'm not, if I go to an event like that, I'm definitely <laughs> sticking with people for sure. So I, I found that very funny. And then another, I guess, moment that kind of encapsulated time was, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. I'm not too sure if it was Afrofest, but a performance. Uh, and it was like African folk music. And at first I heard African folk music. Well, what is this? Like a certain African accent. What is this, you know? <laughs> like African folk music. And I remember by the end of the performance, just being lost in the performance. And it was just such a perfect day uh, where I'm gonna kind of steal this from Nisha. The sun was out, everybody was just bobbing. Everybody was enjoying the music. It was like an open, there was a stage with an open field and just enjoying being there. And it's those moments where you're always going to remember just the people around you and those moments that you 
know that you're never going to recreate because they are so perfect. So mm. uh, those are from my bad memory, sort of good bad memory to a really, really euphoric memory. That's beautiful, Ben. Exactly. What, that got lost in Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, you can't do that no more. There's no bouncing around, being lost, trying to find your way. Uh-uh, those days uh, are done. Those days it, It's funny because you look back at it and you're like, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why do you say there's no more bouncing around, Nisha? Uh, I mean... Imagine trying to leave your way through crowds of people with, I, I mean, hopefully with your cane. I, oh, I just, no, I, I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I'm not that adventurous. So I'm just going to uh, meander off over here. No. Yeah. <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you guys. Like, I'm just going to wander off in this yeah. crowd of 10,000 people. We'll, we'll catch up soon. We'll catch yeah. up. No, yeah, I'm, no, I'm little. I don't want to get lost or squished. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely take that challenge. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Next thing you know, you don't see Ben for like two days. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My friends don't let me do that. When I went to a party for Caravana a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of my friends, great friend of mine, came down from, from Ottawa. She's sighted and she turned to me and goes, I'm going to get drinks. You stay right here. Do not wander off. You just stay right here. I'll be right back. So true, so true. And even on, on another question, I'm, I'm wondering, like, if it's perfect in the advice that for people who are going to events for the first time, uh, and I know we made mention, like, going with uh, people as well, but even just other pieces of advice when you do go to these big events and these big concerts and these big parades where you're out outside all day any advice to give to our, our community or even listeners in general that's that's huge i have you know <laughs> for those of you who know me and then you know me like i'm a planner i'm, I'm an organizer there i'm not really like a, that's well sometimes i can be let's go and see what happens but i like to take it away what i need and like transport in advance so i was going to a concert in a stadium or even uh outdoor uh, concert at a particular thing that I could call in advance and find out about their accessibility. The especially if I'm by myself, because I, I recently did go to a concert by myself and I called in advance. I was told that security would help me. Uh, so I, I do things like that. But uh, when I am with my friends at whether it's like a, on a boat ride or at a uh, a soca concert, uh, they're there really is, it's really about trusting who I'm with. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Not everyone in my social circle of friends do I feel comfortable with as my sighted guide. And, you know, um, sight loss isn't for everyone. I do have some people in my life who are not as comfortable being my sighted guide um, and who are not as comfortable with me when we're out um, at these types of events. So I tend to if I'm with them, I make sure that there are other people around who I can um, I can depend on and vice versa. They can also depend on me for other things. So um, make sure you are comfortable with whoever is your sighted guide. If you cannot utilize mobility aids when you are attending um, these events, because that is 
very, very important. Um, it could be the difference in you having a wonderful time or you feeling very uncomfortable at whatever function you go to when you can't depend on your sighted guide and your sighted guide can't depend uh, on you. Also, when it comes to the venue, a lot of the places I have been to, I've been there numerous times. So I have an idea of where the exits are, where the washings are, um, if there's a customer service desk. So I, I make sure that I, I keep those things in mind because you never know. Sometimes you can get lost. <laughs> you can be like Ben and be with friends at one moment. And then next thing you know, you're all by yourself. So it's a good idea to know, um, know where the exits are, particular landmarks that way if you are able to get a hold of your your persons by phone or by text you could say I am you know the main entrance can you meet me there kind of thing so um I'm sure I have some other points but I'll stop there I think that's it for now yeah I agree with everything that Nisha said like I would suggest you know before you attend an event, do the things that will make you feel the most comfortable, like call ahead, ask about their accessibility. If it's a festival or something, find out if they have a customer service or information line, um, just in case you have questions or things that pop up on the day or while you're at the event. You know, do they have like a an accessibility booth? Do they have, or where is their first aid in case you need it? Um, and yeah, I agree with, you know, landmarking things. If it's a venue that you're familiar with or that you've been to a few times, just for your comfort and safety level. And definitely the trust when it comes to people who are offering to site guide you or whom you're asking to be a sighted guide. Are they comfortable? Do they know the technique? Do they know the best way to guide you? Cause you know, one person's preference in guiding is, you know, not the same for everybody. And um, yeah, and something that I've personally had to work on sometimes um, is don't be afraid to kind of, you know, make friends with a stranger, like in Ben's situation, if you do get separated, like try to, you know, stay calm and, you know, seek out a person and and not be afraid to say, I'm I'm lost, you know, I got separated from my group. Um, we made an agreement to meet at X. Would you mind accompanying me or or something or giving me directions, however way you want to navigate it? But yeah, that's you know, don't be afraid to kind of, as I like to say, you know, make a friend <laughs> when you're you're out and about. Good point. Good point. The I don't know. The thought in the back of my mind is though, like my mom taught me not to talk to strangers. And <laughs> yes, here's VV saying, talk to strangers. You know, an adult now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> and a a friend is just a stranger you haven't met yet. Oh, yeah, I like that. No, I like that. That's a wonderful point. Uh, in regards to to being prepared, and we. We uh, label Nisha as like the human, the human guidebook in preparation, <laughs> like a human compass. So anything that Nisha said, everything, everything that Vivi said, and I would say, especially for outdoor events, because a lot of these events do happen during the summer mm -hmm. or even spring. So to bring water, bring water, or I know some events you're not allowed to bring it in, but 
to just be hydrated because there's been circumstances where I've seen people dehydrated and passing out and not having enough food and definitely bring change, bring change, have it in a secure place because I don't want to be the, the guy who poops on fun, but you, you're in a crowd of people just in case have it in a secure area that it's not just hanging out or, or aspects such as that, especially for people with sight loss, because unfortunately we can't really always see the situation we're in. And on top of that, just go with an open mind, have fun, enjoy, enjoy everything that attributes to these events, because in each of these events, whether it's like the taste of the Danforth whether it's the the sunshine, I might be getting this wrong, but I believe it's the Sunshine Festival in London. Whether it's Caravana, whether it's a folk festival, all these aspects and all these events that we go to, we learn each time we come from it about music, about food, about culture, about people, and just enjoy for sure. That's that's my top one. So. If you see me at any of these uh, events, you'll see me wilding out for sure. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> life of the party. Life of the, nah, Vivi's the life of the party. That's why we have her co-hosting the <laughs> lens now. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, as, as we say, party girl. <laughs> as we say. So I am going to throw this uh, last question before we ra- round this out, because I, I think talking about all these events are getting me so hyped that I almost like want to run off and go to one. Uh, So how can disability and even disability organizations uh, such as CNIB, which we deal with partial sight and uh, sight loss and deaf blindness, how can we get more involved in these, these events where we could get our community going to these events and we could get ourselves seen and heard at these events? So something that we're doing in my city and province is that I work with um, a descriptive theater group, which I believe I've mentioned on on the podcast before, View, Vocal Image, Ensemble Winnipeg. And so we've connected with them and um, we were collaborating together to do community outreach and, um, you know, work to make venues and festivals and performances accessible um, because they do offer descriptive services and I know on some occasions they they offer they've been trained in and they offer sighted guides so just I think community building um, get getting the word out there that you know CNIB has um, you know, a vibrant community that wants to take part and participate because maybe part of the issue is, uh, you know, these cultural events and venues and performances may not even consider the sight loss or disabled community when they're planning or executing or or thinking about the logistics of their festivals. So um, taking maybe a collaborative approach, like mentioning, you know, we have leisure programs, we, we want to get involved, how can we work together to make this accessible for everybody and uh, for everybody who wants to participate and, and enjoy. What about you, Nisha? What would you say to this question? Ooh, 
this question is it's a good one and uh, I think for me as a as a black woman um, from a Caribbean background you normally don't see a lot of people you normally don't see anybody with either a guide dog or a white cane at cultural events and I feel like the way we could normalize um, inclusion and accessibility is by us, by us and our community um, clients, our contacts, our partners, participants, whomever, us being out there more in the community. Um, yes, organizations like CNIB and, uh, you know, Federation for the Blind, you know, across the world, we could do more by having events, by collaborating with, with uh, these festivals and with these concerts. But we really shouldn't have to wait for them to do something. As someone who is both a client of CNIB and now a colleague, I've never really waited for an organization in order to take part in something like Afrofest or, or a, a boat ride or a yoga meltdown festival. I took the tools and the resources I was given and I made my own way. And um, I find that when you see one and I go and I tell my friends, oh, I did this and they see that it's doable, then they want to come. And then the, the, word of, the, word of, the word continues, it spreads and, and more people now want to attend because they see that when one person with sight loss has opened the door, it's now okay for the rest of us um, to be to be seen and to be out there, um, but I think in order what organizations need to do is um, we probably need to partner more with um, with uh, these festivals and these events. Um, show them what it takes to make their to make their programs and their services accessible, um, and then let our clients know that hey, we're doing this and it would be great for you to come and uh, take part and, and, and be involved because if we're not seen, then no one's gonna know that we wanna take part and that we wanna be part of this. And I'm hoping that next year, this little, you know, little secret, hopefully CNIB can have a part in some of these cultural events that are taking part in the city. I'm not gonna say which ones, but we've been in talks with, uh, with, with one particular um, band or group of people who are involved in one culture event in Toronto to take part in something next year. So it's never been done before with members of the site loss community. So I'm excited to see if uh, this can happen. And if it does, it will truly be a, a game changer in, the, in our fight for uh, inclusion and accessibility. I hope all that made sense. I kind of ramble because no, it's... no, it makes sense. And way to, way to, you know, leave a tease there, Nisha. Yeah, no, um, it, it makes perfect sense, Nisha. And I definitely am. I bet after this this podcast, I'll be like, Nisha, tell me, tell me what's going on. So we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it for the listeners to to look out for that in the future. Uh, wonderful answers incredible answers and I totally agree uh with both of you and 
even what you are saying, Nisha, about kind of sprinkling these events and bringing them to organizations. So perfect example, I know that um, with events, yeah, it's no expectation to be like, oh, CNIB presents this performance at Afrofest or CNIB mm -hmm. has this whole section at Taste of the Danforth. Like no one has those expectations, but I feel that if we sprinkle some of these events at the the organization with the events and programs that we're running. So uh, maybe having a small scale cultural cultural event has seen I'd be taste of different cultures or taste of the Danforth at CNIB or a mini parade, Caravana Parade or uh modeling off um masquerade costumes. Well, I not doing that <laughs> <laughs> uh exactly it'd be ben's one man show of all the masquerade costumes <laughs> so uh <laughs> pretty much just those different aspects and sprinkling them in and getting people who are not um not exposed to these events to be like oh wow this is pretty cool maybe i will attend xyz you know so it totally you you both bring up such really good points and these are two different worlds that are so beautiful um celebrating our site loss and then celebrating these different events so i feel like it's i don't know if anybody remembers like the smashing potatoes like smash these two events together and see what happens for sure or even then like well, using just your example of taste of the dance board, even if we got a group of you know of members of the community with guide dogs, white canes, mm -hmm. what have you, and we all went to taste of the dance board together as a group, uh, the more we're out there in the middle of these events, mm -hmm. the more people will will realize that you know we we want to take part. Yes, crowds are scary, but we have to find a way to normalize. Our presence in, in such events like this because they're only going to get bigger there's only going to be more and it's and we can't uh stay behind you know the the fear of of crowds and mm. well we i can't use my cane and uh we, we really have to be out there so if we could get like groups of people together and, and go to afrofest and go to the folk festivals in winnipeg and, and go to taste of the Forth, that would be great too yeah, I agree with you both. And it, it's a combination of like partnership and promotion. So that's kind of what we try to do in our partnership with VIEW. So, you know, VIEW takes on the task of doing the work of audio describing and all the accessibility features and then <clears throat> frog in my throat again. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, I work with my colleagues here to promote these activities so that we can get as many members of the sight loss community involved in attending and showing them that this is accessible. And yes, if you want to do this, this is totally doable. And that, you know, um, if, if you have the desire, you should be able to access anything that the, the wider community does. We are studying to around a uh, time up or gather a time up. Uh, any last comments from both of you, just a fountain of knowledge, any last comments from uh, both of you about today's topic? 
I know events can be overwhelming and we've talked about, Vivi and I have talked about some really, you know, popular events and they can be crowded and, and it can be overwhelming. But just take it one festival or concert at a time. Uh, don't start with, you know, something huge like the biggest North American Caribbean festival in the world, like Caravana, but start with something, you know, small and and work your way up to to the things that that you really want to do that, that are talented that you really want to take on and remember that uh, you know members of your community your sight loss community are there for you and nine times out of ten there is someone who really wants to do that same thing you want to do but they're just as scared as you are so like baby said there's strength in numbers rely on your other fellow sight loss team members and tackle these things together you know yourself, you know your comfort level. So do what makes you comfortable when you are starting out. And yeah, when your comfort level increases, then you can, you know, expand the way you want to experience these things. Very great answers. You both hit the nail on the head. Um, I guess my final compliment will just be like, go, go out, enjoy it, absorb it. Uh, you won't regret getting to those events because they're just such great experiences, hands down. Uh, so as I was mentioning, it looks like we're running out of time. Uh, such an excellent conversation with you, Vivi and Nisha. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Lens Living Diverse. If you liked today's episode, which was a fantastic talking about cultural events, please like and subscribe on your favorite platforms. Also, if you have any imports or you want to be a part of uh, our episodes, you can email advocacy at cnib.ca. Once again, advocacy at cnib.ca. Once again, thank you for listening to The Lens. I was your host, Ben, alongside Nisha. Thanks, everyone. And Vivi. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Looking forward to our next conversation. Peace. Bye. Bye.